Hello and welcome to Backdoor Cover. I am producer Micah. Thank you for listening. This is a very special bonus episode of Backdoor Cover. It's actually an interview that we recorded this week on the Ross Bolin podcast. Ross Bolin and myself uh, host that podcast, and we had the pleasure of interviewing NFL veteran uh, Ross Tucker. So this is Ross Tucker with Ross Bolin and I on the Ross Bolin podcast. I know it's confusing. Ross Tucker played in the NFL for seven years. He is a uh, broadcaster. Uh, He's a podcaster. He is doing the sideline reporting for the game this week, the AFC Championship for National uh, Radio Westwood One. Uh, He will be on the sideline freezing his balls off in Kansas City. And uh, this is a conversation we had with him on episode 131 of the Ross Bolin podcast. So check it out. Give it a listen. Uh, If you want to listen to the entire episode, or the entire interview, I should say, go find the Ross Boland podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and listen to it. Ross has some great takes. He also talks a lot about uh, press box food, uh, which seems to be the thing that seems to go viral for him. If you're also looking for NFL picks this week, you can listen to our episode that dropped Thursday. Uh, Brad and I broke down all the stats. We had a lot of trends. We looked at a lot of things for the two uh, championship games this weekend, so you can listen to that. And if you're still looking to uh, hear more about football this week, which you probably are, we also release an episode on Tuesday breaking down the divisional games. Uh, so if you listen on Tuesday, you get the divisional games. Thursday, you get the uh, the preview for the AFC and NFC championship games. And now today on Friday, this is a bonus episode with Ross, Tuck- Ross Tucker uh, talking championship weekend. We will be back next week to talk about it and look towards the uh, the Super Bowl. So there's only three football games left. Uh, try and get as much information as you can. Thank you for listening, and uh, if you like what you hear, check out the Ross Bolin podcast as well. We'll be back. Bye-bye. I'm looking forward to both games. I was at the Superdome on Sunday. I'm not even kidding, Ross. I still feel like I have a headache. That is by far the loudest place and building in the league. I mean, when I played the four loudest places, there were two indoor and two outdoor. The indoor were the RCA dome where the Colts used to play and the Superdome. The outdoor was at Seattle and at Kansas City. So right. it's kind of crazy that the two teams with number one seeds and the two teams with home field advantage are arguably the two loudest buildings in the in the in the NFL and the Superdome on Sunday that place was rocking one of my buddies he knew I was working the game so he bought tickets to the game and he's like hey can I uh, can I just crash in your hotel room I was like of course man because he already was spending a lot to get the tickets in the flight right, <laughs> so right. I was like sure man no problem that's a that's a bro move right there so he came down and he's like like all night after the game we were having beers and eating dinner he's like dude my head is pulsing like like he felt like his brain was like pulsing it's that loud which is why I think it's gonna be tough for Jared Goff and the Rams. I was so impressed Dude, even by the way the they ran on the Cowboys. I, I mean, was not expecting that at all. It was I mean, they embarrassed out through the, TV. the Cowboys. They did. Yes. Yeah, no, they really did, though. They ran, I mean, it was it was a thorough beating. It definitely was, and that's what gives them a chance in my mind, but I don't know. I think the Saints are a better team. I got a lot more faith in Drew Brees than I do in Jared Goff. And that dome is just, it's, I encourage everybody to go there for like one game. Those people, 
What's great about it too is like I feel like some NFL stadiums, the people go there with a lot of anger, right. like a lot of anger in their hearts, and they go there to like boo and get out their frustration before they have to go back to work the next day. Right. The, and there's the Superdome. Those people are just straight up having an unbelievable party. Like they are just, they're all happy. They're all dancing. They're quiet though. When the offense is out there, when the defense is out there, they are crazy, crazy loud. Like it's almost like being at a, at a concert and your seats are you're, you're, you're standing and you're right near the speaker and you're like, Holy crap. I wish I would have brought, you know, earplugs. Right. That's what it's like at the Superdome. The whole game. Dude, it's a weird thing about Saints fans, though, because they treat it like it's Mardi Gras. You're right. It's very different than, you know, any other sports town. The main thing is like, kill the opposition. Ah, oh, fuck everything. Let, letting your anger out on Sunday is what you do. Uh, in, in New Orleans, like when you're at Harrah's before the game, it's like people drinking and partying and playing craps. And- it's weird. The emotion, the number one emotion there is just joy. Yes. Like people, uh, we've got some fans... Uh, of our show, shouts to Mark Allen, who always posts him and his wife at the game, and somehow she has an umbrella inside, and they're just dancing. It doesn't make sense. It's amazing. I love it, and it's it, loud. It, 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 it is amazing. And I'll tell you something else. I decided because I was down there three times this year, and this could be a, this could be a good like uh, poll question at some point for listeners on my show or your show. I've decided that Louisiana. That accent is my favorite accent in the country. Ooh. I just decided the entire country, that's my favorite accent. I went to get a rental car. I, I did three Saints games this year. I went to get a rental car the day after Saints Falcons Thanksgiving. Okay. Because I had to drive from New Orleans up to Ruston, Louisiana to do a TV game, Louisiana Tech for CBS Sports Network. Grind life. And the rental car girl was like, Hey baby, how are you doing? Oh yeah, come on over. <laughs> I got you. I got you covered, sugar. And like you know, I can't. I can't do the accent. Right. I can't do the accent <laughs> justice. But it's kind of like um, what's the uh, the Waterboy movie, but better. And especially the way the women say it. Yes. Like she was not. She was not attractive at all. But I just wanted her to keep talking. To me. Yes. I just wanted her to keep saying baby and honey and sugar. She was getting better and better looking every time she said something to me. It was unbelievable. Dude, there's something about that like Creole, Cajun accent and attitude that, that definitely it gives you points. It's big time points. It's one of my favorite things about going to New Orleans. You know, New Orleans is a town that has the best restaurants in America, and they've got great service everywhere you go. They take care of you. They're friendly. They have an economy that's based around tourism, all that stuff. But there's a special bonus when your waiter comes over and explains the menu items and sounds just like Ed Orgeron. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what I want. That's the reason I came to this restaurant, for that guy to do that goofy Cajun accent that Fuck I'm not yes. going to try and do. It's, it's, it's just a bonus. That's the best thing. Ross, I've, I've got a couple football-related questions for you. The first one, you played in New England. You know Brady and Belichick a little bit. How psycho are these two people? It's something we talk about a lot. When you when you look at Nick Saban, when you look at Belichick. Jordan. Jordan, whoever you want, who's been a dominant Kobe. sports person for a long time. These are not these are these people are not well. These are not well-adjusted human beings generally. They have a, they're a degree off. Usually. They they focus on their work. They are insane. They have dedication. Are these these can't be normal people, right? How No, they're not. And, they're and, they're and, not. And, 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 for somebody and, you you played in for seven different teams. 
How big of an outlier is a guy like Belichick compared to an average NFL coach? Well, he's just so much smarter, so much further ahead than all the other coaches. You know, we you know people always use the expression, he's playing uh, chess, they're playing checkers. Right. It's just not even. It's not even close. I mean, in 2005, okay, I got cut by the Bills after my back surgery, which really stunk. It was awful. So I'm on the street for a while. They bring me in for a workout. This is like middle of the 05 season. And they say, here's the deal, Ross. We, we don't need you right now, but we want to sign a center guard in the off season for next year. But we want to know now who Good that Lord. is. And we want that to be you. Dude, this is like... October or November That's next of level. the 2005 season, they're going for their third straight Super Bowl. And what are they working on? The next year. Yeah. They're working on 2006. I mean, it's just crazy. Every other time I went in for a workout, guys, it was because some guy got hurt on Sunday. So they'd call my agent Sunday night or Monday, and they'd bring me in, like, okay, we need somebody. Ross, work out. Maybe it's going to be you. And I'd work out with, like, three or four other guys, and they'd pick me or the other guy or whatever. New England brought me in. That, that, that's all reactive. New England brought me in proactively, even though they were on their way to the third straight Super Bowl or trying to. They brought me in proactively for the following season. Now, it turned out that two weeks later, a guy got hurt. And they called me and they signed me. Nice. Then I was there for the rest of the 05 season. But my point is, is they're just, they're looking so much further ahead than any other teams I played for. And then for Brady, I could give you a million stories, but the one I'll give you is after they ended up signing me in 05, right? Um, and I was like November, late November, maybe early December. It was during the stretch run. I was there for a couple of playoff games. We ended up losing to the Broncos, but we had like a rookie dinner night. And I'm out there with, uh, I'm out there with, you know, Brady and all these guys. There's like 25, 30 guys at this dinner, okay? Okay. And they're asking me what Buffalo was like because I had just come from Buffalo and I started against them three different times the two previous years. So they're asking me what it was like, and I just tell them how much I like Bledsoe because Bledsoe was so generous and would always pay the tab right. and would always give us great Christmas gifts, right? So Brady's not really in the conversation, but I can kind of tell he's kind of paying attention out of the corner of his eye a little bit, right? Yeah, you can always fast feel that. Forward, fast forward to August, okay? Fast forward to August, training camp, Belichick gives us a day off. And uh, the next day off. So we all go out to some barbecue joint. I'll never forget, before we were going to go the next night, we were going to go that night to the opening night of Talladega Nights, right? So this is like 2006. We're at a barbecue joint. Shaking I walk up to pay my bill. And I, it's you know it's one of those places where you pay at the register. Right. Brady comes sprinting over, sprinting over, and is like, Ross, no, I'm paying for it. And I'm like, Tom, it's $13. Like, it's not a big deal. He's like, no, I'm paying for it. And like, like, the, like the, the cash register guy looked at me like, dude, you better let him pay for it. It looks like he's going to kill you. I mean, with the same intensity that he has when he's playing, like a total psychopath, to your point, Micah. And I am convinced to this day that he remembered what I said at that dinner in December Dude, awesome. in Boston, and it was in the back of his head. And when he saw me go to pay for a tab in August, 
He was like, there's no way I'm letting Bledsoe have one over me. He sprinted over Dude, and was adamant about <laughs> paying the th- I mean, the guy, like, the guy's the biggest psycho of all time. Yep. Uh, it's incredible. That's a that's a fantastic story. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that one with us. Do you have a pick for Pat's Chiefs? How does this unfold in your head? What are we looking at here? I man, I this is the one I'm torn on, right? So like Saints Rams, I'm all about the Saints. I know they're not. I don't feel like they're playing as great as they were earlier in the year, but I I just don't trust Jared Goff going into the dome. But for Chiefs Pats, I keep going back and forth. I mean, I feel like this is Andy Reid's year. Mahomes has been incredible in like every game. The guy's unreal, and I I just feel like this is their time. I told you how loud Arrowhead is. I remember playing there in 03. I was a backup, and it was so loud. All I kept thinking the whole game was nobody get hurt, nobody get hurt, nobody get hurt, because <laughs> I did not want to go in the game. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs by a field goal, yeah, but it's one of those deals where I just feel stupid doing it. You know, it's right. like betting against the Patriots or picking against them in the playoffs it just makes you feel dumb. Like I didn't know they were going to annihilate the Chargers like that. I mean, that was embarrassing. To that the was Chargers. disturbing. It, it, it really was. That it was, was that was, was franchise ruining, dude. That was the kind of thing that it takes. Like your city doesn't recover from that. You know, you'll always be one step below the Patriots forever, and ever. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs in a close one, but I don't feel good about it especially with the weather to be so cold. I know Mahomes did pretty well on Saturday and it was pretty cold, but Brady just has so much experience in these games and this weather. We'll see, man. We'll see. Let me ask you a question about the NFC game real quick. Watching the Rams last week, um, I uh, admittedly, I've watched the Rams play there, you know, on national television a few times, but I haven't seen them a lot. It looked like they were busting the Cowboys with a lot of scheme. It seemed like a lot of misdirection, um and and things that you know not that they were running over the Cowboys but they were they were you know uh, going one way and running the other and doing that and really using that effectively was that something that they've done all season was that something you were impressed by and is that something that could work against the Saints they do they have done stuff like that all season they did have some slight variations from it but that's why all these teams are trying to hire the next Sean McVay He's definitely innovative. Everything he does, like watch the game Sunday and watch all the backfield action. There's almost always somebody, whether it's a jet sweep or a fake jet sweep or what they call orbit or ghost motion, where the guy actually goes all the way back behind the quarterback. Tight. And it's all designed to create confusion in the eyes of the second and third level guys. So the linebackers and safeties, so they can't really trust what they're seeing like watching the video of that i watched some of the coaching tape from behind and the dallas cowboys linebackers and their safety jeff heath they were lost man i mean they were they were confused it got to the point where it was almost like um paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. right oh, like god. like they're sitting like they're like oh my god is that guy the ball is that guy the ball it reminded me in high school we ran the wing tee yeah, yes. I remember the wing tee, and there were teams we play where, like, they were looking in the backfield, and there's so much backfield action going on that you can't really tell who has the ball. And I'm convinced that Sean McVay is going to incorporate some, like, wing tee concepts at some point. <laughs> that's because... exactly – that's what it reminded me of. 
Uh, I had yeah. a flashback to my high school football days, which were long ago. But that was the last time I had seen an offense that did that much that much misdirection. Was playing against wing team wing T teams, which is an offense that doesn't really exist anymore. I I, I just thought it was really interesting, and uh, you know it, the Cowboys. I'm a Cowboys fan. I've watched them all season. That defense and those two linebackers, especially, are studs and have been playing incredibly well. And as you mentioned, they're young and they had no idea what was going on. No, they were getting smoked. And and that's the thing. Even if you just cause uh, a split second of hesitation, that's everything, man. Like everything in the NFL is the first second of the play. Right. And if you're a step slow or you have a false step, you're dead, dude. You're dead. Like they, they already, they already got you. You need to, you need to be a step fast. You need to have been able to eliminate what they're going to do based on their formation, their motion, and you need to be able to get a jump on what they're doing. It was the opposite. I mean, they were just reacting to everything and they were getting seriously smoked. It was impressive. Dude, that's the intensity that makes the NFL so great. And even some of these games where it feels like Oh, maybe we're not getting the best on the product or on the field product with you know these maybe they're not competitive or maybe the teams are shitty or whatever, but I'm still watching because of the individual matchups and the insane intensity that goes on from play to play and that starting block mentality that, that the NFL has where like if you don't pop off the block the second the gun sounds you like you said, you're dead. That's what I love so much about it. In amidst all the trash and the chaos too. I love that shit too. It really, it really is. It's, it's, I mean, and, and there's one of the cool things about like Instagram and Twitter and, and mine's at raw sucker NFL. There's a lot of dudes that are now posting You're a pro. like coaching tape and end zone tape. And you really like, there's some blocks from Andrew Whitworth, who's 36 years old. He's six, six and a half, 340 pounds. And just to see how athletic he is and some of the blocks he made, like he threw Mike, your guy, Randy Gregory down to the ground <laughs> and then got up on Jeff Heath to safety. Like you're not supposed to do that when you're that big or that old. It's crazy. 